Welcome back. This is part two with Yo J, Yolanda George, celebrity, stylist, and three-time Oscar winner. I love her, and you will too. Check it out. I've seen your team show up in so many ways. For example, I remember seeing you guys in New York. This is when I really knew, like, oh, I, I got to be a part of that squad. <laughs> because in New York, you know, I understand that some things happen where the fashion show didn't actually take place that you had flown out to do. But, baby, when I say you, y'all made y'all own strip from the landing in the airport to in Times Square, you guys made. Yes. yes. We dropped it. We were conned out of a lot of money. Me more than my models. They were upset. And uh, we were conned big time. But I said, nobody makes your day come to New York and there's no show. So I went in Walgreens in Penn State and I bought a speaker. Mm. And I told them, find an outlet. I want everybody to drop down in their swimsuits. Yes. We're doing it right here. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And we did it right there uh, in Station. I said State. In Penn Station. And they came out. And we had an audience. I mean, it was a blast. I mean, put the music on. And they walked. And everyone was clapping. Yes. And them on. And then... We decided to go to Times Square. We were going to do in Times Square. Joy Pollitt, she was with us, and several other models. Mm -hmm. Zuri was there. Mm -hmm. And Sir, uh, Joy, Joy said, I'm going to talk. They had these guys that would perform mm. in Times Square in the Patrick, not Patrick, some Duffy Square, whatever they call Wow, that was so inspiring, the work that you did in New York. I mean, do you ever stop? You just keep going. It's like there's no obstacle that can contain you. I mean, as a woman, as a boss, as a designer, as an entrepreneur, and until just recently, you were doing all of this and holding down a full-time job. But... I see that you are now happily retired. Thank God. Yes. But, but before retirement, how did you manage all of this? Not a lot of sleep, for sure. <laughs> it's because even when I tried, I would get maybe four or five hours a night. Mm -hmm. Five at the most. But um, I just knew I had a goal. Mm -hmm. And I knew that if I was going to achieve that goal, I had to keep pushing. Mm -hmm. So I just did what I had to do. I pushed. And then where I worked, I was a supervisor. So, of course, everybody else did the work. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was really the job I had that I retired from the place. It was just easier. It was my boss the general manager of the entire company, he was, like, rooting me on also. Oh. So I was able to travel, and, I mean, he was real supportive, and the way I worked was every other Friday, you had a three-day weekend. Nice. 
So I would take off, but I would fly out on a Wednesday to the trip to the fashion show, and I would only take off the Thursday. Wow. So I could. It was just so. Um, how would I say? It was just all in the works. It was just all in the plan. Yeah. So it made it very easy because that was a main question a lot of people asked me. How are you able to travel like that? And it was the way my job was set up where every other Friday I was off. Mm-hmm. And just so happens the shows I wanted to participate were that Friday and Saturday. So wow. I only took one day off. So it was fun. It, it was very fun. That is so amazing. Sometimes, like, God just make room for your goals, for your vision. He knows your plan. He just wants to see what you're going to do with it. Yes. And I was just telling my husband, God gives you little things to see what you're going to do. If you're ready for the big things, uh-huh. you can't handle the little things. He's not going to give you the big things. Right. And he wants to test you. He wants to see how patient you are. And I've been 40-some years patient, so it's finally paying off. And, yes, I'm a young retiree. I got out early, but, and that's another thing. It's called investment. If you invest your money while you're young and take advantage of these companies, I always looked, and I've been blessed to work for top companies with great 401Ks and profit sharing. And I was a single mom um, for 15 years, and I could have easily said, I'm taking my whole check home. I need my whole check for my kids and to live. But who's going to leave money on the table, you know, when your company is going to match you dollar for dollar, Mm -hmm. you know? I tell everyone, buy those stocks, um, invest, get those 401ks. Yes. Yes, yes. You'll be able to pull out early also. That's just the way it is with me. I've caught so many lessons from watching your journey, including your your <laughs> posts about insurance and having that job while chasing your dreams. And yes. I remember, I'm sure you were posting because you're like, people are asking, why are you still working when, you know, your brand is booming? And he was like, because I have insurance. Yes. Yes, and they didn't understand that I worked because, number one, the benefits were great. The pay was great, and um, you have to, and then I was stocking my business as I go. Mm-hmm. So I would set aside so much to buy new machines, new printers, but uh, I was stocking and to get out. Okay. And my husband would always say, why are you buying this? I said, because one day I'm going to have my own business place. Mm -hmm. I did have a very small building that he redid for me, but I outgrew it within months. Wow. Because I was always preparing for the future. They didn't, people didn't understand that. A lot of the models didn't understand that. Why you work when you can make all this stuff? Because of making money on top of my money. Right. And I have benefits. I am preparing for my future. Mm-hmm. And now they see 
I'm 57 and I'm retired. Mm-hmm. But uh, you have to invest right. You have to take advantage of it while you're young. So you can get out before you. Some people have to work until they just can't work anymore. And <clears throat> I don't want to do that. Right. I, I want to do what I enjoy. I want to do what's my passion. What uh, makes me happy. And I, I'm in my shop. I call it my shop, my business. <laughs> I'm in here more than I'm at home now. And with the uh, COVID thing, I have been, I started off just by giving away masks. And one of my models, I made, I had given to her, her husband, and her daughter. <clears throat> because the little girl, T, my model, T the model, mm-hmm. she she had sickle cell. And mm-hmm. She had just gotten out of the hospital with mom and dad just recovering from the flu and I said oh god let me make them some masks and I did I made them some masks and I dropped it off I said hey I made y'all some masks I'm gonna drop them off blah 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 and I gave them to her thinking nothing of it Sunday morning I get up she has posted pictures of all of them with masks on and that started it (laughs) and uh I have given away maybe 800 masks total. Yeah. Given away? Away. I've made over 3,000. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you I started off too. giving Ivy, Dominique, Ivy. Yes, yes, yes. She, she made a video, because Ivy's a nurse, and she made a video of how the nurses were being treated or whatever mm-hmm. and I messaged her and I said to help you all out because I see there's a shortage in um, PPEs. Mm-hmm. I said I can send you 40 to 50 masks mm-hmm. for your team and they can wear them over the N95 or whatever it prolongs the life of those. <clears throat> and she was like, oh my god, you don't have to do that. I'm like, yeah, I have to. And I sent her some I sent some to California. Mm-hmm. I've sent some to Florida, Chicago. I've I've given quite a few, and then people here and there I've given masks too. But uh, it's been nonstop. It still hasn't stopped yes. today. I enjoy being my own boss. It's yes. like it's just it's so much. It's so relaxing. I don't have to deal with the working for someone else anymore. Not saying I would never do it, but I don't plan on doing it. But I enjoy being my own boss. I wake up, I do what I have to do. I can sit, relax, have my coffee. And it's it's really harder being your own boss. A lot of people have asked me that. But because you have to be very disciplined. Mm-hmm. You can't lay down all morning just because you're your own boss. Yeah. You're going to spend more nights up. Because you're on your own boss. Your hours will be longer, you know, because you're your own boss. So it has its pros and cons because you can work in your pajamas. It's like I only changed my shirt because <laughs> I think it was zooming me. <laughs> but I don't even roll my hair anymore. I just like do one ponytail thing and put on 
on a t-shirt and pajama pants. <laughs> and I'm content. I mean, I'm so content. That's about the biggest pro in the whole thing. You don't have to get dressed up. I, don't, I just put on a little lipstick, but yeah. that's it. And I only did that because of you. Um, it. So it has its pros, just being your own boss. That is wonderful. So. Now, what advice can you share with young, inspiring dreamers and entrepreneurs? Because, I mean, we think that we have an idea and, you know, we have a side hustle. And so we're so thirsty to drop the nine to five and make that side hustle our main, you know, money maker. I, I'll admit I've done it. And I tell you, it has taken me partnering with God to survive. But it, it yeah. it's not a it's, it does not ring success for everyone. No, and it won't. It, it, it really won't. I say, if you're young, look for Fortune 500 company mm. to for. Look at the stocks of companies. I always look for big companies to work for. And invest, match that dollar for dollar, but also continue to pursue your dream until you reach your financial goal. Yeah. And once you reach that goal, then you can pull out. Mm-hmm. Some sooner than others. Look at you. I mean, you're extremely successful. I mean, I was amazed when you told me everything you did. And I'm like, wow, Thank that's you. amazing. And, um, and you're right. It happens sooner for some. And if you want to step out on that limb, and do it, just make sure you have a backup plan. Right. You have to have a backup plan. You have to have, you you just have to have it. Yeah. You have to have it. I agree. I know my backup plan is I always have friends calling me trying to hire me. And I'm like, I'm not ready yet. I'm good. I'm, I'm still oh, content. Yes. I retired January 2nd. And I ran into someone and they're like, oh, you know, we need an office manager. I'm like, I'm managing my own office right now. I'll yes. call you later. Yes. If- Let me enjoy the retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one thing my last, uh, the general manager of the company where I left, he said, are you going to work somewhere else? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm working for me. This is for me. Yes. And I retired out of there. And, uh, and like he told me, it was bittersweet. I don't want you to go. But it was time for me to move. It was time for me to move. And, and I made a very wise decision by doing what I did. And I don't regret it at all. Never have. I just enjoy what I do. Yes. Amen. Amen. I love it. I love it. I know for me, when I first, what, what held me in my blanket job is what I would say for so long is I was just so content, you know, and I had a lifestyle that I was maintaining and I was like, how am I going to maintain this lifestyle? I have a mortgage and not only do I pay my mortgage, but I like to pay uh, 20% on top of the mortgage so that I can pay it Mm -hmm. off and have the lifespan. And then I still like nice things and I don't like to deprive myself. And so I was like, there's no way I can, you know, step out on my own. And like I said, it literally took me partnering with the man upstairs, the God above, 
and saying, I, if when I do this, I have to do this with you at the center, God, and then we have to truly That's partner right. on this. And and I'll be honest, it's not always peachy. It's not always peachy, especially when when COVID hit, because I felt like I had finally hit like a prime. I was at right. prime time. I had I had just came off a tour for the National Theater for Children in Ohio, and then I was coming to work at one of the staples of Minnesota, the Walker Art Center, and then I had another theatrical production lined up. I had two lined up, and I had started making connections when I went to Chicago for the first quarter of the year, and then COVID hit, and everything started to cancel one by one, and I was like, Mama, my God, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay the mortgage, you know? And then I could only imagine the ladies upstairs having, you know, downfall with their their income. And I'm like, am I going to have to support them? Like, how is this going to work out? But thank you, Jesus. He is an awesome God. I've been not only surviving, but striving. And it's, it's just been a blessing. It's been a blessing. Right. But that's not the case for everyone. I know that one of my ladies, uh-huh. one of my ladies in the home, thought from my my experience like oh you're not working because you're pursuing your performing arts and she's a phenomenal painter she is a a a very great painter she has our paint we have our paintings all over our living room and um so she stopped working for some time to try and pursue painting and she realized that the grass is not greener on the other side Mm -hmm. just because Mm -hmm. I made it look peachy and it looked good it 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 was not her outcome and she went back to work and she's still painting I still support her um, but she right. had to learn that lesson. She had to learn that lesson. Absolutely right. Um, so yes, but you you just teach you not just teach, but I saw something that really I thought was such a inspiring and admirable trait is that you have a skill, and and a lot of times people are not trying to give away their blue book. Nobody's trying to teach the skill that makes them money. And here you are like, who wants to learn to sew? I'll teach you. (laughs) Yes. Wow. What what encouraged you to to teach others to sew, to create their own brands and be their own bosses? Or even to just have the skill to do for themselves? I have been asked that question. And my answer to that is, what God has for me is for me. Amen. And I should share because that's where your blessings come from. A lot of people in the world um, that have their own businesses or do what I do are like, well, I'm not showing anyone what I'm doing because um, that's going to take away from me. It actually increases what you do. And I was enjoying just getting elastic one day. And I saw these two ladies talking. And this was before the shutdown and everything. And they were trying to figure out the easiest way to make a mask. And I was just listening. And I chimed in and I said, excuse me. I said, I can tell you a very easy way to make it. And I told them what I was doing. I don't use any of those patterns on the Internet. I did my own thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were like, wow, can you do a YouTube video? And I'm like, no, I don't have time to do a YouTube video. But what I'm telling you is very simple and very easy to do. And uh, they were like, thank you so much. And they started putting back stuff they had bought. Like, you don't need all of that. 
just do this. Mm-hmm. It's much easier. It's faster. And uh, I don't mind sharing uh, anything I know or what I do. And like I said, because what God has for you is for you, and no one can take it. If everyone would understand, if they would put God first, they would already know that God already has the plan. Mm-hmm. You know, share your knowledge, share what you know how to do, uh, give to people, and watch it come back to you. Yes. And not yes. that I'm always looking for something, because I don't ever look for anything. I just do it. Mm-hmm. I just do it. My husband said, you're not rich, Yolanda. And I'm like, no, I'm not rich, but I'm rich at heart. Yes. I have a good heart, and I try to be good to everyone that comes across my path. Mm-hmm. And that's why, because I've had a lot of people say, designers or whatever, say, oh, I wouldn't be dealing with that many models. And it is hectic because there's a lot of different personalities mm-hmm. and a lot of negativity at times. But then you have to put your foot down and you have to be stern. Mm-hmm. And like I tell them, if you don't like my rules, you can leave. Yeah. I'm not going to keep you here. I'm not going to tie you down. I'm not going to beg you to be here. Because I don't have to have you when I travel. There's models everywhere I go. But mm-hmm. if you want to be a model, you will get. You are guaranteed to walk wherever I go. Yeah. And that's not a guarantee when you show up anywhere on your own. Right. You know. But if you show up with me, you're gonna walk. These are my models. Yes. These are mine. They're with me. Yes. They're my team. Yes, I love it. So, being a boss is powerful, and as we just shared, it's not always easy. What are some challenging lessons that entrepreneurship has taught you? You have, like I said, you have to be very disciplined. Mm -hmm. Just because you are doing your own business, have your own business, uh, you can't lay around. Mm Mm-hmm. You have to, which I don't anyway, I don't have time for that. You have to be kind, extra kind, even when you don't want to be kind. (laughs) Sometimes you just have to let them. I've learned that uh, everybody has an opinion. Mm -hmm. It doesn't pay to argue with anyone. Because in the end, you're going to believe what you want to believe. And I'm still going to believe what I want to believe. So let's just call a truth, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Five and five is 25. Okay, all right, I got you. <laughs> you know, if that's what you believe, oh, that's fine with me. I just don't have time. I've learned it doesn't pay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't pay. It does not pay. Yes, I understand. Because that. you lose focus on your dream. You, use, you lose focus on what is really important. Mm-hmm. And you can't let the negativity consume you. Right. And you have to be tough because society will break you down. Absolutely. And you just have to be tough. You have to push. You have to continue to prepare for times like what's going on now. Right. Right. And speaking of being tough, you are one tough cookie. You had a health scare. Yes. You want to talk about that? Oh, sure. So Ross. Yeah, I had just turned 50, and um, 
some trouble. And I said, God, it's got to be my gallbladder. And then everybody at work was having gallbladder problems. So I just knew it was my gallbladder. Mm-hmm. And I went to my doctor. They did all the scans. Well, they said nothing was wrong. They didn't see anything. Like, what do you mean? Nothing's wrong. Something's wrong. So, um, the doctor, and we were real good friends. We still are. And she said, well, I can prescribe you something for pain. And if that doesn't help, then we'll go for I said, I don't want anything for pain. I'm not one to take anything to pay. I like to be in control. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so she said she offered to uh, refer me to a gastrologist. I said, that's fine. We can do that. Went to the gastrologist. And this was all right before Christmas. Oh. Went to my company Christmas party. Uh, was scheduled for a colonoscopy that Tuesday. Went to the happy... Uh, colonoscopy done. I was the second person to be checked in. And that was about seven that morning. I had the colonoscopy and they already told me I was going home. Nothing's wrong. My husband went to work. I was a newlywed. And uh, my sister went with me because he's self-employed, my husband. Mm -hmm. Well, I noticed everyone was leaving but me. And I'm like, why are they keeping me here? Why? And the nurses were peeking, and I knew. I knew everybody because I talked to everybody. <laughs> and the one nurse that I knew, she would peek in, but she wouldn't come in. So I knew something was wrong, but I never thought it would be what it was. And I heard her tell the doctor, Miss George is awake. And he came in. No, my sister came in first, and her eyes were swollen, and you could tell she had been crying. I said, what has happened? And I said, is everybody okay? What has happened? And she said, I can't tell you. And I said, what do you mean you can't tell me? And she went on and on, and I said, no, you're going to tell me. She said, Yolanda, they say you have colon cancer. And I'm like, what? Me? And I really don't remember anything too much after that. Oh, my God. I, that's when the doctor and the nurse came in, and he had the slide of everything. And he explained everything to me. And I was like, I didn't cry. I was just like, I guess in a state of shock. Mm. And he said, while we have you cleaned out, <laughs> and they did, it was very clean. <laughs> He said, I can schedule you with a surgeon, and they can remove it tomorrow. Oh, okay. He said, but first, we need to, if you decide to do this, we're going to have to scan your entire body to make sure. And I learned all this after the fact, because I don't remember that part. I was in the cloud, because <laughs> I'm like, it can't be me. Mm-hmm. And... um. He told me to scan the entire body to make sure it wasn't anywhere else. If it was, they weren't going to do the surgery. Mm -hmm. So he said, my second option was to go get a second opinion. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, we're going to take it out now. 
get it over with. I don't want to wait for a second opinion. Because mm-hmm. he had showed me the slides of everything. So I was whisked around the hospital. I was admitted. I had MRIs, long scans, all kinds of scans. When I finally got to my room, which was 2 o'clock. Wow. I had wall-to-wall flowers. Aww. I'm like, where did all this come from? <laughs> what is going on? I'm not dying. <laughs> which I thought I was. <laughs> like who told everybody I mean Jakari when I tell you wall to wall flowers and my mom God bless her she was sitting in there and the nurse uh, came in and asked my mom what does she do <laughs> to have this many flowers and my mom said nobody's a stranger that I'm just like my dad I talk to everyone Mm-hmm. You know, and that my my poor husband was like in a state of shock because, like I said, we were newlyweds. We had just got married mm-hmm. that in January, and um, he was like, "Oh my god!" And he was like, he just knew I was gone. Mm-hmm. So I had told him, and I had the Kindle Fire then, which I still have. I didn't have an iPad, and I had told him, bring my Kindle Fire so I can read my Bible. Oh. And I'm the kind, I just pick an app, I open and I just pick somewhere to read. Mm. And I opened that Kindle Fire, and I opened that Bible app, and I tell everybody this. And the first verse I read, was go forth my child your faith has healed you mm. I said that's it I am good <laughs> I'm good well it came back they did the surgery I went home I got the results seven days after that mm-hmm. and they had to actually stop my visitors from coming because I had so many visitors in the hospital mm. but anyway I went home and I got the, the doctor called me seven days after that. And he said, Miss George, and he was very soft-spoken. And I said, yes. He said, I have your results. That's when they were going to tell me what stage it was. Mm. He said, I don't understand it. And I said, what do you mean you don't understand it? He said, it wasn't even stageable. It was in the very beginning. Wow. He said, it doesn't compare to what we saw. And I told him, I said, you don't know the God I serve. Oh, my goodness. So I didn't need chemo or anything. They told me it was nothing they could do for me. But when I went back in April, I guess it was April of the following year, they wanted to do a complete scan, and that's when the oncologist said he saw something on my liver and mm. blah 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 and they wanted to do a biopsy they did three biopsies first three were negative the last one they claimed was positive I said it wasn't I left and I went and got a second opinion and I went to MD Anderson and a lot of people told me you're not going to get in MD Anderson it's going to take six months to get in 
I got in the same week I called. Right. And, well, my health coach called. And I saw a liver surgeon there, and we became the best friend. He was actually good friends with a relative of mine's husband that taught him surgery. Mm. My relative's husband was Dr. Butler, because she passed away from the coronavirus. Oh. Yeah, that was sad. Uh, very sad. But, um, and it just all linked up like, wow, this is like supposed to happen. And they did their own scans and everything. And he came back and told me, we see pencil tip dots on your liver. Mm. So you are operable. It's nothing massive or anything. He said, but we're going to go in and we're going to do the liver resection. And so I scheduled that, went back, stayed in Houston for two weeks. Mm -hmm. I got my results the next day after my surgery. And Dr. Lote came in and he said, I have real good news. And maybe not so good news. I said, uh -oh. give me the not so good news. He said, we really didn't have to cut you. But I was able to go in and look at everything. You do not have any cancer in your liver. Amen. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Right. He said, but since it was in the beginning stages in your colon, um, they did so many rounds. I only had three or four rounds of chemo which was torturous. <laughs> and I'm a living testimony. I am. I tell every, a lot of people say, oh, you're healed. Uh, no, they say I'm in remission. I said, no, I was healed. Mm -hmm. That's what I tell There's yes. no remission here. I am healed. So I did have a scare. It went on for about 14 months, mm -hmm. the whole ordeal. But um, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. I, I feel great. I gained a lot of weight from steroids, but I'm here. Yeah. So, um, because the chemo destroys your nerve endings, so I have nerve damage now. Mm. Where I can't sit for long periods of time. I can't stand for long periods of time, but I'm still here. So, it that was a big scare. Oh, wow. But you made it, and thank God for that. Because oh, yes, yes. And that's what made me... Um, pursue and really take hold of what I truly enjoy doing. Traveling and mm. doing the fashion and that keeps me going because if I'm not feeling well, I can rest mm -hmm. and don't have to worry about um, disrupting someone else's schedule. Mm -hmm. I can rest at my own leisure and not push it. Mm. Yes. So did your perspective on life and work change at that time? Oh, yes. I, uh, which I must add that the employer that I was with, I mean, I had just, I was laid off from a company after 21 years, mm. going on my 20, 21st year. And uh, I got on with another company I applied for. And I got that position, and I had only been there maybe a year and a half. So I didn't have enough sick time, and the general manager sent out a memo, and every employee donated hours, wow. and I didn't miss one paycheck. Wow. I kept 
benefits. I mean, they took real good care of me. And um, it just makes you, it was a really life-changing moment to where you don't let anything upset you to the point of complaining. You see the beauty in everything now in the world. You appreciate more. And like I said, I just feel like a different person. Yeah. Yes. I love that you openly share the word. You openly share your love of God, the fact that you are a God-fearing woman. You openly share your testimony. I said, do you want to share your health scare? You said, yeah. Because you, yeah. you know that, you know, by sharing your story, you can certainly help someone overcome theirs. That's right. That's um, right. What motivates you to keep going? My will to just survive and to, uh, I have four grandkids and my kids and my husband is constantly pushing me to just be great. But, and I also feel that the health scare I had, um, God has something else for me to do mm-hmm. here. So that's what I want to do. I want to do, and I was just saying this, I said, by the time I do leave this earth, God's going to say, honey, come on in and rest. You have used every talent and then <laughs> some that I have given you. But uh, it, it just, life in general, just being able to get up every morning and so many people are dying of cancer. It motivates me to keep going in spite of my everyday pain. And God wants me to move. Yes. You know, I wasn't put here to just, I wasn't healed to just sit here and do nothing and complain Mm -hmm. or whatever. I just want to see people happy. I want everyone to just, I try to bring happiness. I try to bring joy. You know, just in general. And that's my motivation. I love it. I love it because, you know, it's so easy to become prideful. It's so easy to, you know, as we reach higher levels and and new goals in life, milestones, it's so easy to be like, yes, that's all me. I made this happen. I worked to get here. But you managed to keep God at the center of everything that you do. Because that's where it comes from. Once you put God first, everything else falls into place. Everything. Yes. Speaking of falling into place, how is life in retirement? Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. I mean, I have no complaints. None. (laughs) None. Like I said before, it's like um, you get up. You freshen up, do what you have to do. I have my morning coffee. I listen to the birds. Mm-hmm. I don't have to rush off to a place for a certain time. Mm-hmm. It, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I couldn't ask anything better. How are you making sure to take breaks to, you know, indulge in self-care at this time? It's pretty easy because I'll... I I take my breaks. I break away. Um, 
sometimes I just, I started, I had my husband uh, make me a raised garden. Oh. And I'll take a break away from sewing and I'll go to my garden and start digging or whatever. Or I'll just sit and play music or sit outside, rock and listen to the birds, anything to relax, to get out of the just everyday designing sewing. Yes. And I know that you were saying before we started and I was like, no, 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 wait, don't tell me. But you said COVID, because I know for a lot of people, COVID has set us down. For a lot of people, COVID have inspired us and, you know, inspired new businesses. What have COVID did to you? Caused me to make 3,000 plus masks. <laughs> I do not want to see another mask. <laughs> Although I, I promoted, I, I don't even advertise. And a lot of people are like, uh, why don't you advertise your mask? And I said, does Mercedes-Benz have an uh, a uh, commercial on there? Right. No. They, go, they don't. And the Bible says, let the work that you do speak for itself. Amen. That's a word right there. That is right a word. Right there. So I, I don't have to. I mean, the customers in general, oh, my God, they, they're steadily calling. They called several times and this interview uh, and can you do this and I see so many people with uh, mass stock saying I have stock I don't have stock and I'll even tell some of my customers look so and so has them already ready now I want yours I want this <laughs> one I want yours and I'm like okay alright okay okay yeah. but I'll try to help because uh, I've come across several women in the store and I'll give them pointers. Oh, no, but you're a designer. You know how to do all that. And I'm like, don't do that. Don't use this kind of fabric. I had one lady was using flannel. And I said, you should not be using flannel. I said, pay attention. Because everyone's making masks, but everyone doesn't know the history of fabric. Mm. Cotton, they're saying cotton for a reason because it's breathable. Mm -hmm. Flannel is a winter fabric. Mm. Because it holds in heat. Right. I said, you're going to smother the people. Yeah. It's not breathable. She was why I didn't know that. But they don't have any more in cotton. I'm like, well, you sure don't want to use flannel. But she bought it anyway. But, uh, yeah. no. That's why people no. come to you. Because you're such a blessing. I even saw posts on posts on posts of your mask. But not only of your, like the thank you polls, I did see Ivy Dominique's, who is a world-renowned modeling, just phenomenon all over. But not only did I see posts about your mask, but I saw posts about you just going to like students who are out of school, seniors who don't get to walk, but you're blessing them with baskets, you know, okay. congratulatory gifts. Like you're such a always, giving person. I try to give. I always try to give. And I wish society was like this. More people in society was like this. And I don't advertise 90% of my giving. I just give. I'm not doing it for show. And most of my models can tell you that I don't do it for show or for to get recognized by anyone, you know, because only what you do for Christ is going to last, you know. 
But the parents, a lot of the parents wanted to take pictures with the baskets. I said, okay, we can do that if you really want to. But uh, I've always been a giver. I love to give. I'm not rich. But I'm blessed. I'm rich at heart. That's better than the ones that are holding on to it. In the end, you can't take it with you. Right. I believe that it's a mindset. It is. Yes. It is. What have this time taught you about yourself, business, and life as a whole? This time, I'm telling you, since the coronavirus has started, it has taught me to, God is trying to get get everyone's attention. Mm -hmm. I, I truly believe this. I believe that uh, it's a wake-up call. God is not pleased with the world. Mm-hmm. And he wants more family time. Mm, yes. He wants more bonding with your family. He wants more... Everything has been taken away. He wants you to read your Bibles. He wants you to see who's really in charge. Mm-hmm. And that's me. I, I've been sitting back. And just overthinking, of course. Uh, but I appreciate life more because it somewhat has come to a standstill. Yeah. There's a lot of things you would normally do you can't do anymore. Right. And uh, I'm good with it. I, I'm perfectly fine. Me too. I am so happy. Yes. <laughs> but uh, it's time now for everyone to just look at what life really is about. Mm-hmm. The love, the caring, mm-hmm. your family. Yes, amen. You can't eat out, but now you can. But uh, you have to cook at home. Mm-hmm. And I know I wasn't doing it as much. I wasn't. I still really don't. But uh, you're with your family. Now. You have to eat with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I you feel know, like... It's more bonding. Yes, I, I, in so many ways, just hearing you talk, I, it just reminds me because over and over, I just feel like I am a, a younger version of like you because that is just like my, my thoughts, my sentiments exactly. Anytime I'm asked, I'm like, I'm not ready. Like, even once in Minnesota, we are scheduled to open the 18th, which is Monday. And I'm like, I'll be home for two extra weeks because I'm fine. I am content. And we open today and I'm like, going to my shop. I mean, I'm going where I'm comfortable. I mean, I I have a system set up, and it's going to stay that way, the social distancing. Once your order is finished, I have a camera on my house, because I'm away at my business, (laughs) and I put the, I get my daughter to put the mask or my son on a table on my porch. Mm. Once you pay, you call me before you go, and I can see you on my camera from my phone, and I can talk to you through my phone. Thank yeah. you and everything. You never come in contact with me. Very nice. Very nice. And I love I'm it. I'm good with that, and I think I'm going to be like this for the rest of the year. Go to the store and get what I got to get and come back home. I love it. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. So yeah. now, yeah. what is next? For Yo J. Something big is gonna happen next year. Yeah. Uh, I still have a lot going on and I like I said I thought it would have come to a complete halt, but it did not. 
uh, I'm not going to have a show at all this year. Mm-hmm. I'm not traveling at all this year. I was supposed to go to New York in September. I canceled everything. Mm. Uh, I'm just going to do it bigger and better next year. Lovely. And like I said, I have a lot of things in plan. And my true models that are there with me are going to definitely benefit from it. I told them, I said, I'm not begging anyone to stay. Mm -hmm. But it's going to pay off for you. And I keep, and I've always said, it's not about me. It's about Team Yoshe. It's about a team. Mm -hmm. And we all can get there together. Very nice. Very nice. Any last remarks? Well, I just want to thank you for thinking of me. Of course. At this time. Of course. I think you are one. your address so I can send you that dress. I'm on it. I'm on it. I, I had an epitome one morning because, you know, uh, mostly we talk with filmmakers and creators. And I'm like, how am I missing my mother? Because not only is she a designer, but she is a designer on set. Like, she works with filmmakers and creators. Like, mm-hmm. this woman mm-hmm. is an icon of, you know, high regard. I most certainly have to, you know, have her on. And even when I speak with others, I said, oh, I got to call my mother. I got to call Miss Yoje, Mother Yoje. And I'm so happy you said yes. Yes. I'm so happy you said yes. Definitely. I've missed your face. I've missed, you know, just being connected in this way. So I'm just happy that we had this moment. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yes. And thank you. All right. Well, this has been a wonderful episode of Indie Center Podcast with the Yolanda George. You have not heard the last of her. Miss Yo J have gone places. She's going places and she will continue to be an unstoppable phenomenon. And we are just blessed to have her on the show. Thank you once again. Thank you. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please make sure you hit that subscribe button to stay centered on all Indie Center podcast episodes. If you are an independent creator and have a story to share and want to have a sit down, please email me at indiecenter.podcast at gmail.com. That's indiecenter.podcast at gmail.com. If you have sponsorship inquiries, I'd love to help local businesses. Please email me at indiecenter.podcast at gmail.com. Until next Monday, guys. Peace.